All right, I'm going to do a, uh, I need to get my Joel, I need Joel up here. We're going to do a bit of a rock quiz, okay? So who's ever watched the rock quiz show? We've only got one song, okay? And <laughs> so it's a start, okay? Give us a break. So, but what I want to do, I'm going to get Joel to play a lick of a song, okay? Now, I don't want people to yell this out, but I want hands to go up when you think you know what song it is, all right? So uh, if you are aged, uh, <laughs> I reckon if you're my age, you'll really get it. Uh, I reckon if you're in your 40s, you'll, you'll get it. Uh, if you're in your 30s, probably, maybe. But I do know some of you young people like listening to the music from the earlier decade, so you may get it too. So, okay, Joel, let's just see how musically literate our, uh, our church family is. At home, you're welcome to play along. Not play along, just the guitar you can play along, but you need to know the song. Over to you, Joel. No, 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 okay. gifts for those who guess the little free patterns, so I owe you. Okay, so uh, who can tell me, uh, the hands that went up first were the Beans and the Irvines, they came up exactly at the same time. Okay, so I want you four to yell out together the name of the song. You can sing it as well. Even better. One of Us, okay. So who knows, who, who remembers that song, One of Us, who's never heard the one song before in their life? Okay. Yeah, Eliza, I expected you wouldn't have unless I'm going to rock to that all week. So, um, okay, who can tell what year that was? Oh, there we go. This is where Stuart should have been here. He would know all the answers to this. 95, Fiona takes over the year. Who can tell me the singer? Oh, he is here. Stuart. Joan Osborne, excellent. Who can tell me the author? Aha. <laughs> Have I told you the song the songwriter? Yes. Have I told you the songwriter was the co-founder of the Hooters? Would that help? Not the club, the band. Just saying. Just saying. Young people go Google. Just anyway, move it on. Don't Google anything. Are you not going to get it? His name was Eric Bazillion. Uh, and there's like a, there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot of them. Like uh, anyway, but it's funny. I think it's funny. Okay, I'm going to uh, let's have a look at some. Of this. this is probably a. It's not a Christmas carol per se. In fact, it's nothing even close to a Christmas carol. And yet, I think there's something in this that I want to tap into today. And so here's some of the lyrics to the words. Dave, do you want to come up and sing this? You're welcome to. Okay, let's, let's go. Now. How do we go with that? Slow, He's a bit slow. He's had a big night. Okay, now Joel's going to help you. Oh, there we go. All right. And the next one is... Okay, there's the facts. Okay. If, if God had a name, what would it be? What would you call it to his face? 
If you were faced with him in all his glory, what would you ask? What would you ask if you just had one question? It's much better if you sing it, you know. Okay. Uh, then he goes on to uh, say, yeah, yeah, God is great. Yeah, yeah, God is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. The next verse, what if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. Next. If God had a face, what would it look like? And would you want to see it if seeing meant that you would have to believe in things like heaven and in Jesus and the saints and all the prophets? Now, we don't sing this as a Christmas carol. I've never heard it sung as a Christmas carol. Do you know why? Because it's not. Okay. But, but I'll tell you what, this song, it seemed to, back in the 90s and today, it seemed to have an appeal to both Christian and non-Christian audiences. This song also seemed to upset Christian and non-Christian audiences. People were wondering, was it just another catchy pop song trying to make some money appeal to the masses? Was it, trying to, was it mocking our, Christ, our Christian beliefs? Or was it written out of frustration or disappointment with, with religion? And, or, or some would say, was it a reflection of a heart of a person genuinely seeking God? Perhaps seeking a God who is so good, a God who is so holy, a God who is, is so powerful, and yet what would that God look like today? What would it be if that God chose to have a face and become one of us, to enter into our brokenness, our chaos, our hurt, our pain, and bring us the hope of heaven? That's what some people say. Could this song be the cry of someone desperately trying to figure out what this God would look like? Interestingly, the author, uh, he would not call himself a Christian. And this is what he said when someone asked him, how did you come up with the words to this song? It said, he said, it just appeared in my head. It came out full blown. I never thought about being any, any of this. I just take credit for being the scribe. This song knows what it's saying, even though I don't. Whoever dictated this piece knew where it was going. Isn't that a profound quote? That was in the Washington Post uh, uh, in 1990-something. Um, and so, whatever the backstory to the story is, it resonates with something profound in the human heart, and it ties into our Christmas theme for this year regarding God with us. What would it look like if God was one of us? What does it mean that God is with us? Now, I want us to put a, just a pin in that thought for a moment. And uh, yeah, throughout ancient history, mankind has always wanted to become divine, like the gods, a quest for immortality. The Egyptian pharaohs, they were considered divine, and they were considered the, the gods of their people. And if you look at the Greek and Roman mythology, and particularly some of the, the movies that we've been watching, the Marvel movies, you've got a lot of gods, you've got a lot of children of gods, you've got Odin with his kids who are Thor and Loki and anymore? Hela. Anyway, we're doing some Marvel uh, uh, memory here at the moment. So uh, mythology certainly has uh, Zeus with, uh, with his son Hercules and someone else. Who else? There's a lot of pressure on you guys to know your Greek mythology. Sorry. Perseus, thank you, Noah. No one knows all Greek things. Um, 
But what we're seeing is uh, there, there is a quest, an interest in God becoming man. Or what would God look like if he was half man or half God? You know, two years after the death of Julius Caesar, the Roman Senate uh, appointed him as a god. They, they deified Julius Caesar. And his son, therefore, his son would therefore be called the son of God. Now, his son was adopted son. Interestingly, it wasn't actually his son. It was his grand-nephew, and his name was Octavian. And so he proclaimed himself to be the son of God. Now, you may not have heard of Octavian or Caesar Octavian or Emperor Octavian, but you, I can assure you, you have heard of him. Let's go to this verse. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus, that was his name. This is the guy who was the grandson, the grandnephew of Julius Caesar. Effectively, he called himself the Son of God, and he enters into our Christmas story. And so, uh, last week, I want to take a pause for a moment and just, just thank Dave for sharing the last couple of weeks uh, with, as we've introduced our theme of God with us. We've seen that God's plan was it always be with us. The angel, not only we started in the Garden of Eden, and uh, Dave, Dave so well presented that message of, of the, the sequence of the, the prophets, the ancient Jewish writers that prophesied of the coming uh, king, of the three wise men, or, or twelve wise men, or you pick a number, there's a number of them that followed a, a good-looking star floating in the sky. Didn't they know it? <laughs> Um, and then they came, but what we discovered is that is it possible that, that that astronomical event was actually put into place as, as God started creation? You know what a what an incredible thought to consider. Dave also talked about some of the background people of the Christmas story. We we saw um, Mary, we heard about Mary and, and Joseph and Zechariah and Elizabeth and King Herod, and uh, and finally we we heard about the shepherds last week. And so this concept of, uh, back to the concept of, of gods or demigods or, or sons and daughters of a god were commonly known and accepted to the Romans. Certainly for the Romans who believed in a myriad of gods, they were very comfortable with God becoming man. They were very comfortable with just another god to have in their, uh, in their pantheon of gods. And so uh, the Romans were very comfortable with, with that. But not for the Jews. Not for the Jews who believed in a single supreme God. The Jews who believed in a, a God who was the creator of everything. A single, all-powerful, almighty God who had the heavens as his home and the earth as his footstool. It would seem that, that for the Jews, this was their God. And yet, at the time of Christmas, it would seem the Jewish people would think that God had forgotten about them. Can I get my water it would seem that they would think that God had forgotten about them. Over the centuries, the Jewish nation kept turning their back on God and eventually they were removed from their homeland in Jerusalem and Israel and taken into captivity in Babylon. But the reality was that God never abandoned them. Their prophets spoke of a Messiah, a Saviour, a Deliverer who would bring freedom to their nation. But for the Jews, 400 years had passed since the last prophet had spoken. The heavens had been silent. It seemed for the Jewish nation, has God given up on us? All they had was hope, but that hope was quickly fading. 
What would the Jews ask if they just had one question? The question they'd ask wouldn't be, what was if God was one of us? They wouldn't sing that song. They couldn't even fathom the possibility of God being one of them. <coughs> the question the, the Jews would be asking, when would the one the ancients have prophesied, when will the Messiah come? When will you send the Saviour that you promised? When will you restore our nation? When will you restore our kingdom? When will you free us from Roman oppression and bondage? That's the one question the Jews were asking. And they were so committed to that one question that they failed to recognize when God acted because he did something they could not expect. God became one of us. <coughs> For those of us who have maybe done some Bible college or done some reading on this, um, on this topic, the word we use, this concept of God becoming one of us, is the word incarnation. It's when God becomes flesh in the person of Jesus, in His Son. The Gospel writer John, he, he doesn't actually tell the Christmas story like well, two of the other Gospel writers do. Mark doesn't say anything at all. <coughs> but John, he puts it a bit differently and he says, in John 1.14, he says, So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. That's John's attempt of the nativity story. And it is incredibly powerful. That the word, and which we know, which he would go on to describe as, as being Jesus. The word was with God. In the beginning he was with God. He created all things. And then John goes on to say, the word became flesh. And that verse, it resolves the question, what if God was one of us? Prince Jesus was one of us. He was fully man and fully God. God became one of us. And he entered into our broken, messed up and hopeless world. Now in our, in our, in our video that we watched with our kids, we, we also look at the Gospel of Matthew who tells the story of the angel uh, who, who turns up to a young man, uh, Joseph, uh, also known as Angus, um, it turns up uh, with a surprising message uh, that, that the baby, in fact, I'll read it instead of trying to tell the story. Um, it says that she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jacob, and I think that Dave talked about it, and the video showed it, Joseph was quite distraught about his fiancée being uh, with child. And so the angel came in and affirmed to him that this was God's doing, that God was at work in this story and in the situation. And so the question, what if God was one of us? The question, what if God had a name, what would it be? Well, the first Christmas answers those questions, because his name is Jesus. You know, for those of us who had kids, we've, we've maybe had a big book of baby names. I don't know. Maybe uh, you've looked on Google for uh, names. Uh, Reverend Dan, back in the day when, when Google didn't exist, 
and maybe the big book of baby names didn't exist. How would you choose, choose names for your children? Uh, after past relatives. Okay, <coughs> past relatives. How else do you choose? From the Bible. From the Bible. Yep. Any other any other way people choose names today? Make them up. Make them up. No, no. Poor kids. And if you're one of those kids, sorry. So, so but, but Mary and Joseph didn't, didn't actually have the opportunity to, to name their child, this boy child. They, they didn't have the opportunity to, to name him after a relative. They didn't have the opportunity to look in the big book of baby names and try to find a name. They didn't have a chance to, a chance to Google what are the trending names of 0 AD. They had the name given to them already by God himself. And uh, in those verses we looked at, and it's still there, here we will see there is two names to Jesus that are given. Uh, and the first one is, we see in Emmanuel. And, uh, and Emmanuel is more than just a symbolic name. It's more than just a matter of saying, you know, oh, God's with you. Yeah, God's with you. It's like the force. The, the force will be with you. Uh, the name Emmanuel is more than just a token symbolic name that is making people feel good because God is with them. The name is absolutely literal. God was with them in Jesus. And Jesus came to earth. God became man. He came to be with us. This is more than just some baby born in Bethlehem. This was God himself with us. He entered into our world and our world was pretty messed up back then and our world is pretty messed up right now. God's not afraid of our mess. He's not, he's, he doesn't try to keep away from the, uh, the, he doesn't want to drive through that town or that suburb or he doesn't want to go to that, that place because it's smelly or dirty or full of crime. God is willing to come into our mess, into our brokenness, into our chaos, into our pain, into our hurt. He's wanting to come, he came back then to our world to be with us. And we don't have to face our struggles alone. And he came once to be with us as a baby, but he remains with us through his Holy Spirit. Yeah. So the two names that were given in those verses, the first one was, they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Mary would go on to tell, uh, sorry, Angel would tell Joseph that you shall name him Jesus. You shall name him Jesus. And uh, it's a profound name for people in the first century to use. There's this concept of incarnation. Now, I want to go back to one of the, the really uncomfortable verses from one of the, that song that I read before. What if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home? These are questions our world is asking. And you know what? I push back against that, and I'm sure many of you go, oh, I'm pretty uncomfortable with some of those words. We, we may wrestle with the idea of Jesus being a slob. Now, that's, that's, that's likely a pretty extreme terminology, but it's a question that's being asked. You know, I, I, I don't know if Jesus was a neat freak or not. I don't know if he made his bed in the morning. I don't know if he, if he swept the floor. I don't, I don't know if he kept his things in order. We just, we're not told that information. So... But the reality is, Scripture tells us he hung out with people who are of low uh, repute. 
He hung out with sinners and tax collectors. He, he hung out with people that many would consider slobs or messes or made messes of their lives. And so Jesus was often associated. They thought he was like that because he hung out with those people. So it's not a far stretch, maybe a bit extreme. But you know what? For the first 30 years of Jesus' life, he was unknown. For the first 30 years of, the life, of his life, you could have sat next to him on a bus and he could have been a stranger. For the first 30 years of Jesus' life, he, was, he, was a, he wasn't popular, he wasn't famous, he wasn't rich, he wasn't, he wasn't well-known, he, he didn't have a huge Twitter following or, t- or TikTok videos. For the first 30 years of Jesus' life, he was unknown. As I said, he could have been just a stranger on the bus. And so, so where, where the name Emmanuel tells us that God is with us, and you know, I think if you look at some of the mythology, some of the gods came to earth to be with us so they could film around, have fun, muck around with humanity. That This is not the reason why Jesus came. His second name, his name Jesus, tells us exactly why he came. You might have named him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now this concept of sins is not a popular topic in our world today. Christmas is meant to be their parties and chocolate and food and ham and presents and family and fun stuff. That's, that's what Christmas is. Isn't that right? Isn't that what Christmas is all about? Well, our world thinks that. And we all try to make Christmas. And, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But friends, that is not what Christmas is all about. No one likes talking about, about sin and, and separation from God. But friends, this is the primary, primary reason God came to be with us. And this is truly why Christmas is a time of great news and brings great joy for all mankind. Because Jesus being the eternal God, he entered humanity to take care of the world's problem of sin. Jesus came... Because we were separated from God. With no way to make our lives right with Him. No way to be restored back into relationship with Him. And Jesus being a perfect eternal God, He came because God with us was the only way that He could, he could allow Himself to be sacrificed on a cross. A perfect, a perfect sacrifice to appease a, a God. Jesus was the only way that you and I could ever be made friends with God. Jesus is the only way that we would ever get our sins forgiven. Jesus is the only person we, where we could ever believe on and, and hold on to to give a life that is full and abundant. Jesus is the way. It is good news. He would live a life among sinners and then give that perfect life as a sacrifice for a guilty human race. I love the, the song that we touched on this morning. Not, not the rock and roll one, but this one. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. That, that, that one line sums up the, the broken state of humanity and the human race. Broken, sin and error. And then, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Friends, what, a, what an incredible glimpse of, of the person of Jesus. Jesus became like us in order that we can become 
like him. That we also would become children of God. That we also would experience true peace, joy and relationship with the Father. God with us. God with us. God was, well Jesus was with us in the manger. Jesus was with Mary and Joseph. Jesus was with the disciples. Jesus was with us, with humanity on the cross. And Jesus is still with us through his Holy Spirit. In fact, there's a passage in John that I didn't put up here that Jesus talks to his disciples and he's talking about when he would return. And, uh, and we'd all think having, a Jesus, having Jesus with us would be so cool. You know, it'd be so good to have Jesus. We could take into all our problems and our questions and, and all the issues we have and all the theological questions we were wrestling through. We could ask a physical Jesus and we'd love that, wouldn't we? Wouldn't that be awesome to have Jesus on call, accessible with us to handle any of our problems? That'd be great, hey? But Jesus said, thank you, Dave. Jesus said to his disciples, you know what? I'm going to return to my Father. But it's better for you that I go away. How profound is that? Jesus says, you know what? It's great that you got me. But you know, it's better for you if you don't have me here. And then we're all thinking, wow, well, what the disciples would be freaking out at this point because Jesus is there, everything. But Jesus doesn't just end at that point. He goes, because when I return, I'll go to the Father and I'll ask him to send the gift that he has promised. He will send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. He will, say, he will send the Advocate, the one who will, who will stand and, and dwell in us and represent God to us. And you know what? And so when Jesus returned, we know he sent his Holy Spirit. And so Jesus was here. He was with the, in the manger. He was with Mary and Joseph. He was with the disciples. He was on the cross. And right now he is seated at the right hand of the Father. But you know what? Through his Holy Spirit, Jesus is with us today. And in fact, he promises, he promises, I will never leave you or forsake you. Isn't that good news? Jesus is with us on our mountaintops when things are going well. Jesus is also with us in our valleys, in our desert places. He's with us in our questions, our pain. He's with us in our loneliness, our hurts. He's with us in our disappointments and he's with us when we make our mistakes. And he's never going to leave us. And I think that's something worth celebrating. Especially at Christmas time. But not, not just Christmas. Have it every day. He's with us. Alright, so. If God was one of us. What if God was one of us? Well, well, how would our life be different if God was one of us? How, how would our life be different if, if God had a name? What, what, what would it look like if, if God had a face? How can, we get a, how can we discover who God is? And so I think the, the words penned in 1995, I think they're really great questions to wrestle with. I think they're a wonderful thing for us to consider as we look at Christmas in 2023. You know, we no longer need to ask those questions because God answered those questions once and for all. Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus. He will save us from our sins. So what's our response to that? 
How do you how do you, how do you respond to God becoming one of us? I think some of the carols sum it up very well. I might get I might get our team up to to do some of that. But I think gratitude is a great thing. I think I, I think actually taking some time out to say, you know what, I'm going to put aside all the busyness and focusing on presents and cards and this and food and. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to. I'm going to take five minutes right now, and we're going to take five minutes right now. I'm going to take five minutes right now to God to thank you, to show you some gratitude. And and you know what? My response to what you've done for me is uh, falling on my knees. I'm not suggesting you do that. You might bend knees or whatever, but um, but the response of going, you know what? In the light of everything you've done. That you became a man. You came to save us from our sins. I can worship. I can lift my hands. I can honour you. So we're going to take five minutes. We're going to sing this song. And we're going to release you. And then, then you can get on to what you're doing anyway. But maybe a bit differently. Maybe with a greater understanding. He is with me. He's with me when I'm shopping. He's with me when I'm trying to find a spot to park the car. He's with me when I'm lining up in the refund queue, giving me patience and forgiveness, maybe. But he's with us. He's with us when we struggle. He's with us when we when we struggle. And for some of us, I know Christmas could be a hard time. Maybe you've, you've lost a loved one over this last year or two or ten. Maybe Christmas reminds you of, of times that were, that were different. Times were better. <coughs> Times are hard. Maybe for you, for Christmas, it's not all jingle bells and. But let me tell you, He's with you. He's with you in those hard times. He's with you in that loneliness and that emptiness. And when we when we get a greater glimpse of Him being with us, our hearts soar. So why don't we all stand together, please? And uh, we'll just sing this chorus for a few moments and then I'll come and I'll pray and we'll be done. Thanks, man.